Guess what, guys? There is only one place you can get a true Colorado mountain pie. It's your favorite, locally owned, legendary, unbelievably delicious pizza joint, Bojo's. The Colorado mountain pie has become a staple for not only natives, but for those who are just passing through and want to know where the best pizza in town is. Bojo's is the only answer. Bojo's dough is made fresh daily and contains locally sourced honey. You heard that right. They infuse their dough with natural sweetener, and it is to die for. There's something for everyone at Bojo's. Large, delicious mountain pies for the entire family, a huge salad bar with fresh veggies galore, Colorado beer on tap, including our personal favorite, Breck Brews, and your personal favorite sports teams playing in the background. Bojo's has private party rooms for all your holiday get-togethers or to celebrate birthdays and other large events. They have $4 happy hours in select locations along with gluten-free and plant-based options as well. There is nothing more important to Bojo's than their community, which is why they are always happy to help you raise money for your fundraising causes. Host your next fundraising event at any of their five Front Range locations. They are also offering their holiday se- this holiday season a special pint glass koozies that make great stocking stuffers and come with a $5 gift card. Check those out at their site today at bojos.com. That's bojos.com and tell them DNVR Rams sent you. On the high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner. Feirano for three. It's good with the foul. And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores. J.D. Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low. Hornung. Dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10. Here's Van Pelt. He's at the 5. Touchdown, Colorado State. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Bojo's Pizza. Colorado's own Bojo's Pizza, man. Really cool how many uh, local partners that we have been able to to reach agreements with over the last couple of months. I, I really just think it's neat to partner with all these amazing Colorado companies. You know, there's just a lot of really, really cool organizations, companies in this state and we're teaming up with a lot of them so if you have any suggestions always tweet them our way and and we'll see what we can do big test for the rams this weekend big test coming up i don't think a lot of people necessarily would have thought of this game against the san jose state as a big test but it's an opportunity for csu to pick up another crucial conference victory Uh, it's been a week obviously since they've played I really just got to take care of business. I mean, we're going to talk about it 
Here in just a second, uh, after that, we're going to talk about some staff changes on the football side. If you uh, follow the site or if you were on Twitter yesterday, you would have saw uh, my report that came out with, a, with some information on some of the staff hires for Steve Adazio. So we're going to jump into that a little bit. And then at the very end, we're just going to kind of briefly uh, talk about the NFL divisional round, give a few predictions, talk about the Lions, all that fun stuff. Should be a really good uh, weekend of football watching. It's unfortunate that the, the CSU hoops game is going to conflict with the, the first game, the uh, Minnesota-San Francisco game on Saturday, only because, you know, if you're a CSU fan, you obviously want a chance to, to cheer on the hoops team, but you also, I imagine, would like to Watch these NFL games, cheer on B.C. Johnson, wide receiver U, CSU stud, killing it with the Vikings. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about this more uh, when we're talking about the NFL games. I don't really want to jump into it too much, but really has been a great season for B.C. Johnson. I'm just so glad that he ended up in a situation where, one, they were patient with him, but two, they understood the value in, in what they were getting, I think ending up in a spot like Minnesota was just so, so ideal for him. And I'm just glad because, you know, you've seen it with Richard Higgins where he's in a spot in Cleveland where I feel like he's, he's not really properly utilized. You know, he and Baker had pretty nice chemistry that they had developed and you just really didn't see the Browns capitalize that on that at all. I know Richard battles, battled some injuries this year and that's always tough, but just uh just a little disappointing to see how Hollywood has you know kind of fallen in behind you know in Cleveland just kind of fallen into the into the mix of guys there I know I know when you have Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry and Chubb and all these big names it's it's kind of hard to stand out but also I just feel like you know Higgins has been the victim of poor scheming and in poor coaching and really just a poor organization all around i think it's pretty fair to say that cleveland is a is a dumpster fire i don't understand how you have that much talent and and still manage to just be a total train wreck a total circus but that (laughs) that's that's beside the point i did not even intend to talk about any of that on the podcast today but that's the that's the beauty of recording live sometimes you you spark a thought and you just kind of go into it there but like I said, we're going to start with some hoops talk here. Uh, big road game coming up for CSU at San Jose State. Coming into the season, you know, when you look at the Spartans, you're probably thinking this is an opportunity for the Rams to wipe the floor with a, a poor team. And, you know, I, the Spartans are still not, they're not a good program. They're not a good team this year. I do, I feel for them because one, they play in a gym for nobody. It's it's really a sad situation that you see some of these crowd shots on, on the streams because really there's never San Jose State basketball games on TV unless it's like ESPN3 or something against Nevada. But you, you see it and, you know, there's less than like 80 people in the arena. Legitimately, I mean, most high school games, I think, even in Colorado somewhere where there's not necessarily – a ton of prep support but there's more people at a Colorado high school basketball game than there ever is at a San Jose State men's basketball game it's it's really unfortunate that they just they don't have any resources uh, it doesn't really seem like 
they do a good job of connecting with the students at all. Uh, I, I, you know, I've never been to San Jose State, so I can't really say for sure. You know, it, it could be a culture thing. It could be there's just too many other things to do in a, in a pretty place like San Jose. I don't, I don't know, but it's it's definitely sad to just see the lack of support that they have. That said, you know, I talked about it the other day. One of the things that's really tough about going into a gym like that is if you're a road team, I think it can be kind of hard to to get up for a game like that. I think, you know, it, it, it's on the surface, you look at a situation like that and you should you think like, there's no crowd. It shouldn't be that intense. You know, they should be able to focus and just play quality basketball. And to an extent, I think that's true. I mean, it's hard to, to concentrate when you go into a hostile arena and, and you have thousands of people screaming at you and and that whole deal. But it's also really easy to get up for a game like that and to be intense and, and ready to go. And I think that can really bring the best out of players, especially, you know, a guy like David Roddy, who I think really just thrives off the energy in a building. But it'll be interesting, man. I, you've seen twice in 2020 already. New Mexico and Nevada both went into San Jose State, both left with L's. You know, to quote Mike Malone, I wish San Jose State's coach would say something like that, you know, take that L on the way out of here. But this is a this is a, a chance for the Rams to prove, you know, they're consistent and they can, you know, take down the teams that they should beat. I think they had a chance to beat Boise State and Nevada. I mean, they competed with San Diego State as well. But, you know, as we've all seen, San Diego State is by far the best team in the league. But this, you know, this game on Saturday, it's a chance for CSU to take care of business against a team that they should face. But it also kind of feels a little bit like a trap game because you've got, you know, the big game coming up against New Mexico. You just played Wyoming. Sandwiched in between is is a road trip to San Jose State. Definitely not you know, the most exciting trip in the world. It's not a game you look at. It's not like going to the pit. It's not like the border war. It's not, you know, even the Air Force game, I think is really easy to get up for just with it being in state and and the rivalry that comes with that. So, you know, can this young team go out and, and win a game that they not only should win, they absolutely need to win. We've, we've talked about it for weeks now. The, the Mountain West is wide open. It's it's completely open. you Below San Diego State, it's completely open. And seeding is just going to be so important with the tournament this year. So can you go out on the road and can you take care of business against a team that's been really pesky? You know, one of the things that jumped out in both of those upset wins or, you know, it wasn't like San Jose State totally dominated. Both of those upsets were were really close in the in the New Year's Day upset over New Mexico. They won by three, 88-85. On that game, freshman guard Richard Washington came off the bench, popped off for 25, five rebounds and two steals. Uh, took 19 field goal attempts in the process, so not exactly, you know, the most efficient outing in the world, but sure, names, sure seems like they needed his spark uh, to get over the hump there that night, so... Washington, maybe a guard to look for off the bench. A guy who jumps out to me, obviously, would be their leading scorer, uh, sophomore guard Seneca Knight. In the the upset over Nevada, 
70 to 68. Seneca Knight scored 28 points, uh, 57% shooting from the field, so really efficient. You just, you know, you if if somebody gets hot and and goes off for like 30, that's tough. Like if if you let the Spartans hang around and somebody goes off for like 30, then you might be in a tough situation. Even so, even if one of their guys goes off for, you know, 20 plus, a lot of the times you should still be fine because they just they don't have that many ways to score. And athletically, I think CSU is definitely superior. Uh, the one thing I will give credit to the Spartans for is they just play so hard. They they play hard against anyone and everyone. And really, that's all you can ask for, I think, if you're a coach. And you're in a situation like that, San Jose State, it's, it's, it's been a tough scene over there with basketball the last five or six years. I mean, every time they get a player the dude goes off and then he transfers out of the program. It's happened to them like four years in a row where their leading scorer has ended up transferring out. So just unfortunate, but also a big chance here for the Rams to, to take care of business on the road. So looking forward to that game on Saturday. We'll obviously have takeaways from that game. Uh, We'll just be watching it from Fort Collins. Won't be out in San Jose state, unfortunately, but We'll still, you know, take care of everyone with coverage. We'll have takeaways. Uh, probably going to have a Saturday night podcast, if not Sunday morning as well. Uh, just kind of reacting to that game. So looking forward to it. Love college basketball. Love the season here. And, and I'm really looking forward to the next, you know, six or seven weeks or so because it's really going to start picking up here. We're really going to start having, you know, two games a week. And it's going to be great. So basketball season so great most most wonderful time of the year i think i say that about every sport but super stoked for saturday i will be tuned in i'm sure many of you will be as well but i want to talk about football now gonna jump in with things uh some talk about some staff stuff talk about uh, trey mcbride but we are going to take just a quick moment to hear about our partners It's time to take a second to acknowledge the official beer of DNVR Rams. That's right. We're talking about Breckenridge Brewery. We're in the heart of the playoffs, folks. It's obviously the divisional round this weekend. I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to be sitting around the couch watching a ton of football. Of course, you know, around 3, 4 p.m., right around happy hour, going to want to crack open a cold one. Obviously, I got to go with Breck Brew. Probably going to go with the Avalanche Ale this weekend. That's what I would recommend for you if you're just looking for that classic American Amber Ale. You're looking for something a little sweeter, though? Maybe try something like Colorado Core or, heck, even Strawberry Sky. It's You just can't go wrong with Breck. No matter what you're doing this weekend, though, do it with Breckenridge. Do it with a beer in your hand. Life is just better with a beer in your hand, especially when it's a damn good beer like Breckenridge. Alrighty, welcome back to the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Bojo's Pizza, Colorado's own Bojo's Pizza. Can't ever go wrong with the Bojo's. I mean, got the pizza, got the honey, two Colorado classics right there. We are going to talk a little football now. Started the the episode with some hoops talk, now going to transition our way into a little uh, football talk. Let's talk a little pigskin, a little gridiron action, if you will. Saw on Twitter this evening that Kate McBride, mother of Trey McBride, posted a photo of Steve Adazio 
at the McBride household, said that he had dinner with them. Uh, that's a good sign. There uh, there have been some rumblings that Trey was considering moving on from CSU now that Bobo was no longer in the picture. Obviously, that would be just such a huge loss. And, and just because you're considering doesn't necessarily mean it's it's that serious, you know, but it's it's good to see that Adazio is out and making an effort with some of these guys and and trying to persuade them, I assume, and or really just convince them maybe would be the better way to phrase it because, you know, persuade would be, that would be indicating that Trey is leaning towards leaving and I don't necessarily even know that that was ever the case. I've just heard from a couple of people that I, I trust pretty well that he was considering it so hopefully he ends up staying hopefully Adazio is able to to win him over because you know Trey if anybody is a dude Trey McBride is a dude out there on the field they're just I don't know if I've ever been around somebody that genuinely just loves to play football as much as Trey McBride does and in every aspect of the game you know he's not one of those divas that is out there and, and has to get 100 yards receiving. Obviously had some pretty big-time performances in terms of receiving last season, but the dude gives it his all in, in every aspect. He would play every down if you let him. I'm sure he would play offense, defense, special teams, change the water cooler, paint the grass, whatever you wanted from him. That guy just wants to be out on the field. Uh, anyways, I just I saw that post and thought it was interesting thought it was a good sign that Adazio was out and connecting with some of these people. But we got some staff news to discuss briefly. Not going to really go over it that much because, quite frankly, we don't know uh, that any of this stuff is official yet. But Brian Applewhite, a former recruiting coordinator, running backs coach for CSU uh, under Mike Bobo, is reportedly, according to Football Scoop, going to accept a position on the TCU staff under Gary Patterson. So good for Brian Applewhite. I think he's a, a great coach. He, he more than proved himself as a, a running backs coach, really developed a, a lot of quality backs during his time here. Uh, but obviously, I think he proved to be a, a pretty solid recruiting coordinator as well. So happy, happy trails, Brian Applewhite. I'm sure all of Ramland wishes you the best. A great, great ad by Gary Patterson. There were some initial rumblings that Applewhite may ultimately stay in the mix. Uh, Obviously helped Adazio with the recruiting process at the beginning, given that Applewhite was the recruiting coordinator. Uh, In the end, though, it seems that, you know, like I said, Adazio's kind of going with those names that he's most familiar with. So we'll... Go from Brian Applewhite to Brian White. Also, a report coming from Football Scoop. He will be the running backs coach for Adazio here at CSU. Uh, my sources, though, my sources, told came to me over the last couple of days. Was able to to get some insight on who will be uh, some of the position coaches moving forward, uh, starting with the strength and conditioning coach. It looks like that is going to be Scott McLafferty. He was uh, the assistant strength and conditioning coach at Boston College for uh, much of Adazio's time there. 
briefly left for two years to work at the University of Texas, where he had that same role, assistant strength and conditioning coach, and then ultimately came back in 2019 as Boston College's head strength and conditioning coach. Uh, Like I said, that is not official. CSU hasn't confirmed any of these at this point, uh, but I feel pretty confident in saying that it will be McLafferty. I've heard it uh, from more than enough people have heard that He's contacting recruits. Have have heard that he's you know he's out and about. And if you look at his Twitter, his his background is uh, is now Colorado State. So that doesn't that's not you know a contract that's not set in stone or anything like that. I don't have that kind of proof. But folks, when there's a uh, it's it's he he's the guy. He's the guy. The sources have said it. He changed his Twitter. It's happening. And then uh, defensive on the defensive line, it's going to be. Antoine Smith, he coached uh, defensive tackles at Boston College over the last couple of years. Not exactly sure if that's going to be his exact role. He's been a D-line coach before, has been a defensive tackles coach the last two years. At Boston College, Adazio actually had two different defensive line coaches, so maybe that's something he's considering doing again, especially with you know Chuck Heater's background and working with uh, safeties he could maybe work with with the dbs a little bit more if you wanted to to use one of your open staff positions on another guy to to work with the d-line or linebackers or, or something like that so will be interesting to see how that all plays out cronin obviously uh, reportedly going to be one of the linebackers coaches it sounds like we'll just kind of have to see how that all plays out but staff really starting to come together for for csu Still still haven't heard much about a wide receivers coach. Uh, Joe Cox obviously will not be that. He accepted a role as a tight ends coach at the University of South Carolina. So best of luck, Joe Cox. I know a lot of CSU fans were hoping that he would stick around here. He's a guy who I've just heard you know nothing but great things about over the years. Uh, Bobo obviously has just a ton of admiration and respect for him as repeatedly said that he expects him to be a head coach someday but even you know the players the other assistants I just I've never met anybody that has a single bad thing to say about Joe Cox so certainly uh, wish him well moving forward and I'm pretty certain in saying that he's a guy that's probably going to be just fine but going to be a fun football weekend on the NFL side as well Obviously, we got the the national championship coming up on Monday. I will actually be doing a post-game live show with Henry and Andre down in the studio. So really looking forward to that. Definitely tune in uh, post-game Monday night, Tuesday. I will obviously post it after. So if you miss it, still have the the chance to check it out. But just briefly here, I wanted to just give a, a couple of predictions for... Uh, Saturday and Sunday for the NFL wild card or divisional round, excuse me. Um, I will say this. This is a weekend that it worries me a little bit. It's one of those where on paper all the games seem pretty obvious and that tends to, it just tends to make me nervous when it plays out that way because whenever it it looks obvious, it it, it rarely is. Uh, But starting off here, we've got Minnesota at San Francisco. 
the Niners coming off of a bye have to host the Vikings who have a lot of momentum. You know, they went into New Orleans and and beat a really good Saints team. I mean, talk about brutal over the last three years if if you're a Saints fan, the way that they've lost these games, man, just overtime this year. Uh, last year, obviously, the, the missed pass interference, the, the miracle in Minneapolis the year before that, that's been a, a fun little NFC rivalry that's kind of developed over the last couple of years. But now the big question is, can the Vikings go uh, into the Bay and, and replicate that success? Niners are seven-point favorites coming in. These lines could have moved uh, since I did my little uh, rundown here, but that's what it was at this morning, 44-point over under. Honestly, I I was impressed with the way the Vikings played last week. I was I was really impressed with Kirk Cousins, but this San Francisco team is just so explosive on offense, uh, really consistent defensively. I just I don't see the Vikings going on the road and winning this. That said, like it 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 just seems to be uh, these games are you know they seem too obvious. So we'll see. You know I I kind of felt that same way with the Saints last week. Like was, how are the Vikings gonna? go into that arena and win but they were able to do it so we will see but i'm gonna rock with san francisco not sure i would take them to cover i do think it'll be a tight game i I, seven would be a little bit of a lot but uh, straight up i would definitely take the 49ers tennessee at baltimore that's the the second game on saturday baltimore 10 point favorites 46 and a half points on that one I might take the over on that, but Baltimore, uh, obviously the the best offense all year. They really looked unstoppable. Tennessee, I, I love the way they run the football. I think they're really well coached. I think uh, they're a team that's going to be in a solid position for the next couple of years, especially if they ultimately bring Tannehill back. Uh, but going into Baltimore and winning this game, that just seems like it would be uh, too tall of a task. You just if you do it, it means they completely shut down Lamar Jackson. And, you know, maybe Vrabel being a former linebacker, he's the guy to do it. So we'll see. Uh, but I'm definitely rocking with the Ravens in that one. Sunday morning, we got Houston at Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City 10-point favorites in this one. Can the Chiefs actually make it out without choking? I mean, my entire life, they have choked in the playoffs, never mattered how good they were. They always managed to blow it. Uh, Sean Watson beat the Chiefs earlier this season. Granted, you know, it was pretty early in the regular season. A lot has changed since then, a lot of injuries. I don't think 10 points seems a bit drastic. I do think you'll see the Texans keep it close, but ultimately, Chiefs find a way to win that one. If you're listening, probably thinking, gee, who's this expert picking three favorites? But. Like I said, you know, this weekend worries me uh, because all these games seem a little too obvious. The, the the fourth and final game is actually the most intriguing game to me. Seattle at Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay is four-point favorites in this game. Historically, Russell Wilson has not done well in Lambeau, especially in the playoffs, but I am going to rock with the Seahawks. I believe in Russell Wilson. He's He's my guy. He's my favorite quarterback in the NFL. 
I think he finds a way to get it done this time. Seattle's just a much better team on the road. I know historically haven't been great at Green Bay, uh, but it's a new season, and I just believe in Russ. I think he finds to finds a way to get it done. And and you know, while I do love Alvis Witted, wide receivers coach on the Packers, I I just don't see it with them. I feel like they're uh, one of the worst thirteen win teams I've I've seen. But that said, you know. It we'll see. It's it's a weird week. That that one really seems like it could be the only uh, legitimate chance for an upset to me. But because I think that the the other games will probably all be upsets, and and Green Bay will be the one favorite that ends up winning because that's how the the cookie crumbles sometimes. That's how these predictions tend to go. I am uh, I'm I'm doing well in my football pick 'em pool this this year though, so don't want to blow it late at the end. So. Hope to get a few of these ones right. I, I'll I'll definitely be watching either way, though. Hope everyone has a great weekend. Hope everyone enjoys the basketball game, all the NFL playoffs, and then uh, obviously we're going to have a lot of fun on Monday with the national championship. That's all we have for today. Much love. Peace. Khakis wearing graphic tees, feeling way too trendy. Raps that kill. Oh, I'm deadly. Primed and ready like machetes at a deli in New Delhi. Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli. Turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. But water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys. Like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly like non